On Second Shot, we tackle two new headlines every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And we want you to be a part of that. When you see a headline you want to take a second shot at, or if you're looking for advice, or just want to tell us what you think of the show, email us at secondshotcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes. This helps us move up in the ratings so more people will see us. And if you want to hear more, subscribe to the show so that the new episodes will get straight to you every single Friday. We love you. Thanks for listening and enjoy. There's a lot of news in the world today. News that might surprise you, startle you, upset, or maybe impress. News that's not always for the faint of heart. That's why the man who failed his way to success, Heath Oaks, is stepping up. Tackling today's headlines with ignorance on fire in a way only a millennial mogul can. Take off your sport coat, grab a beer, and enjoy the conversation. This is Second Shot with your host, Heath Oaks. You all are in for a massive treat today. We have the lovely, the beautiful, my wife, Jenny, <laughs> in studio. What's up, honey? Hey, babe. This is fun. This is fun. We got She's got her Instagram going over here, so we got a lot of audience over there. So, Jenny and Chando. Yes, uh, we're on live Face, on Instagram on, on right Instagram. now. Yep. Zach, what's up, buddy? Oh, same old, same old, Heath. Yeah, I feel like I'm sitting on the far end of the table, but then again, this is better <laughs> than the control room, because <laughs> yeah. last week, you're right. I, I watched the episode back, and watching the video, I'm like, I feel like I'm big-leaguing you a little yeah, bit. Were, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> you were big-leaguing us, acting no. like you was too cool to be out here Yo, with you us. Were no. all alone out yeah, here. Yeah, and Zach I was, just... I got excited about the new studio. I was like, it'll yeah. be cool. I'll sit in the control room. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's better. It's lonely here. at the top. A little bit. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Because Matt was having lunch and it was like, I was like, how dare Matt have lunch? Like who has lunch? Come like, on now. <laughs> right. How dare, how dare I take a break from work for a moment? <laughs> that's right. Pitiful. Have you not listened to second shot? You just go nonstop. Yeah. Oh, that's true. No. I should have just eaten lunch while I was on the air. We come in Perfect. drinking energy drinks. That That's what yeah. this show is about. Monsters. Are Monsters indeed. Yeah. yeah. So we, so we got um, our first one. I laughed pretty hard. So this headline, I, I laughed really hard at, and and I, but I also felt like I had some uh, really good um, uh, takeaways with that. Well, because the whole point is to basically read this news article and take, take a what second you shot can in terms of like business or success, family yep. values. All right. So here's the headline: Pascagoula man threatened to blow up a bank with gumbo and spaghetti sauce. Says police. This is in Pascagoula, Mississippi. A local man threatened to blow up a bank on Market Street with what turned out to be a bag of gumbo and jars of spaghetti sauce. Essentially, he walked into the store, walked into the bank, held up a, a, an obscure bag filled with something that looked heavy, and was like, "I'm gonna blow the whole place if you don't if you don't pop the vault right now." And naturally, it didn't work. Uh, cops cops apprehended him because he didn't he didn't really have anything. It wasn't a real bomb. That, that, that's what's funny because he was mad at the bank. The bank then made, made him mad, so he's gonna go there and show them what's up and, yeah. and, and scare them all. Whenever all he had was some gumbo and <laughs> you know mayonnaise, <laughs> but he acted like the bag was a bomb. So right. when when I heard that story, I laughed number one because that, that that man must have just been really mad to just bust up in there faking a bomb with some mayonnaise and stuff. Uh, number <laughs> uh, lesson one, kids, in today's world, never fake bomb fake threats let's just stay out of that but we're not gonna go down that topic next is this my second shot on it was um when you're negotiating business deals when you're um, negotiating with your kids right like when you're trying to get them to do something um or, or in business and in general never make a threat or or say you're going to do something that you won't actually act on right so for instance if you bluff. if you yeah if you're a parent and you're going somewhere and your kid's acting up and you say, if you don't stop, I'm turning the car around. When you know you're not going to turn the car around because you're already like two hours away from home, don't say that. 
Only say it if you're going to turn the car around. Next, in business and negotiating, this is the number one thing that I think a lot of people, because I think negotiating in general, because you negotiate everything, you from negotiating the car lot oh, to yeah. your home to every little thing, and you can never make false promises. You Would you agree? Yes. Well, and, it, and it's interesting, too, because I think a lot of people will hear this and perhaps zone out a little bit thinking, my job doesn't involve negotiating. Mm -hmm. But you better believe at least that first initial contact for your job did because didn't you have to decide on a salary and decide on what are going to be the terms of your agreement and, and so we we all negotiate every day and especially during that initial process with you know with your job but it's funny that you bring up kids because i don't know if you remember this but you asked my mom my mom by the way is a preschool teacher and has been for decades yeah and you asked her what what is your sort of big piece of advice in terms of parenting? Is that your double cell phone going off? Because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Double cell phone. <laughs> double yes. cell phone. But she said the number one piece of advice that she had for us was when you when you make a, a, a quote unquote threat, and I'm sure she used a better parenting yeah. term than yeah, yeah. threat. Um, you have to follow up and you have to turn the car around you know when they do the thing you told them not to do because otherwise your word is well it just gone. sets it, right. it, well, your it sets, word means nothing well and it sets them up forever that nothing means really what it said they can figure out that way right but even if your job doesn't involve negotiating you negotiate every day for everything i mean there's so many things with um um whether it is I mean, I, I was just trying to think of it the other day, like all the things that you negotiate, little bitty things from, you know, you're at the, you're at the uh, airline counter and they don't have any tickets and you're trying to get it from $300 voucher to a $600 voucher, right? Yeah. Don't say, uh, well, I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to leave if I don't get that, if you really won't leave, right? Right. Like, like I think the false... Well, you feel like, you, you feel pretty silly if the, then you don't. Yes, <laughs> that's true, yeah. When, when I talk to people and they ask about tips in negotiating, the number one thing I always say is find your line, what you're not willing to cross, what like the, like whatever the worst thing, like the one thing that you're not willing to go below, right, mm -hmm. or take less of or anything else, right, and stand firm on that. And then second is, is do not make a, do not say, if I can't get this, then I'm out, if you really... Don't plan to leave, walk away, or whatever action you're you're telling them you're going to do, you have to be able to do it. Because it also, it's not just the fact that you're walking away, it's your demeanor. It's how you come across. Because if you're not really willing to say walk away in that negotiation, but you're just trying to bluff them, sure. they can tell. There's something different about the way you approach it and are, that they can tell that you're serious or not serious. Like your confidence within Absolutely. whatever you're your saying. Your confidence or is totally different. Um, it, it, it is interesting. So, so the people listening to you know my background is in journalism, broadcast journalism, uh, on camera work, and and sometimes you may be speaking to someone who wants to be interviewed, right? And mm -hmm. you're kind of saying, okay, well, you know, what's what's the intrigue? What's the interest? What can you bring to the table? And sometimes they'll say, you know, oh, I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. They've got all kinds of tips and secrets and, and advice, and they're just really gonna wow your audience. And usually that's the, that's the truth. Sometimes, however, someone so oversells what they have. Yes, yes. And then you interview them, and, and you're a little disappointed thinking, man, I thought, 
you know, you were really going to bring it. Whereas if they had just said, look, I have this one piece of advice. I can teach you how to make a perfect chocolate cake. Yeah. Okay, I might still book you because great. I would love to learn the perfect chocolate cake. But then they, you know, if they come on and they, they say, this cake has won me all of these awards and all these different false promises, or you can make it in five seconds when really it takes three hours. You know, it's the honesty. So if you, and if you consistently overpromise and underdeliver, yes. people get it. Yes. And, yeah. pe- and people won't take you serious. Yes. And and I would I agree. I think underpromising and overdelivering is always the best route. I mean, we have to deal with building our house. We've been in our house forever. And I swear to this day, if I can ever find a contractor (laughs) that says I'm going to be there Monday and I'm going to get this done, actually is there Monday and gets it done, I may... I don't know what I will do. Be, the jubilee that will, will rise from that would be just crazy <laughs> because, see that big word? I, I use that, right? It's a good one. Yeah. Highly impressed. I mean, you should be. And that's, by the way, not a, you know, a dig on contractors. It's just been our experience uh, yeah, with a couple. Okay, well, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to let that be on him. <laughs> right. Just tell him the truth. <laughs> just going to hang that one out to yeah. dry. It just that's happens fine. to be some, you know, some of the, the deals that we've been going through have not been. And I would also say in negotiating, you don't have to put pe- back people into a corner. I think backing people into a corner um, is never a, a good spot. So you don't want to ever want to say, you know, uh, if you don't give me this, I'm out in this kind of demeanor and tone, right? Because you're backing them into a corner where you're not giving them any outs. And, and I don't know about you, but if I get backed into a corner, I fight my way out. It's not good. So <laughs> right. It's usually so, pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, so I don't back people into a corner either because I don't like to be. Yeah. And so – good thing to do is is bring up look here's the reasons why have some facts of why you're asking for what you are Mm -hmm. because if you're not then it seems like you're just you're just uh it's emotional and Mm -hmm. it's because i said so right like you're seeing a lot in the football right now there's a Le'Veon bell and that's a a running back that's not signing the deal because he feels like he should be paid at a certain amount um that nobody else is getting paid right and so i guarantee you they have the facts of why they feel like he should be that way so whenever you go into a negotiation, if you're just wild and emotional, have no facts backing it, um, and you just throw down the line real fast, all you're doing is backing people in the corner. And so, so you're giving them no choice but to possibly reject you. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're going to be they, – a wall goes up. I mean, yeah. if anybody backs you into a corner, your wall goes up. So you don't want walls up. You just will say, look, here's why I feel like I'm worth X, Y, Z is these two or three facts, right? Um, and just let them know. Say, look, I want to be. I want to be here. I want to do all that. Da, da, da. But you don't have to say. If you don't do this now, I'm out. You just know in your mind, I'm willing to walk mm-hmm. if this isn't done. Yeah. If you're buying that car, and you tell the salesman, if you can't get this, I'm done. No matter if it's ten dollars, twenty dollars, whatever it is, you say and set your line, and you walk. It is freeing, also, to so be freeing. able to know. This, you know, that it's set and you're not waffling. It's freeing to know I'll be okay oh, if yeah. I don't get that car, if I don't get that job, if I don't get that whatever the thing is. If you ever go into negotiation and your back is going to be on the wall, like like you have to accept it no matter what, there's no other options for you, you're going to have a hard time negotiating. Okay, so, you know, don't be walking into banks with gumbo and mayonnaise and acting like you can yeah, blow I mean, the place up. Thank I mean, God that was a you know that was a fake. Obviously. Yes, for sure, for yeah. sure. Yes, yes. I mean, but gumbo and, and mayonnaise and false promises will not get you anywhere. Stand true, make your line, don't back down from it, and only make promises you will keep. Okay. Got it. Got it. All right, we'll be back in a minute for the second segment of Second Shot.
He's a suit and tie kind of guy with deep Southern roots. Heath Oaks hosts more of Second Shot coming up on RNCN. To all my friends in the great state of Texas, if you have not taken advantage, I have a way to save you a ton of money. I have saved over about $3,000 in the last year, and I have no hassle. Go to energyogre.com, put in the promo code Second Shot. Now listen, promo code Second Shot, and you're going to get a free month just for signing up and saving a ton of money. So don't be crazy. Stop sitting around talking about is this the real deal, and go do it right now. Energyogre.com, promo code Second Shot in a free month. Thanks. Go get it now. Run. Ready, aim, fire. Second Shot is back for another round on RNCN. Well, we go from Instagram living to now we're Facebook (laughs) living it up for everybody with my beautiful wife, Jenny and Chando. What's up, baby? Hey, uh, well, you know me. I love, I'm obsessed with social media in general. So I thought it would be kind of fun. We did Instagram live, which was my first time, uh, you know, doing Instagram Live, and now we're on Facebook Live doing some kind of behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be fun. And anybody who leaves their questions or anything like that, we're going to cut it off and we're going to answer them in the third segment today. It'll be a lot of fun. And, you know, I think this next topic, this headline was like a perfect one. Like you and I both heard it and was like, oh, man, this is such (laughs) a good thing. so much to say about this. So much to say about this. It's awesome. So, Zach, what is that? Yes, the headline is Peterborough players shovel snow off pitch to save match from being abandoned. This was last night across the pond in the UK uh, during a football match. They call over there soccer here for those <laughs> of you who don't know. Uh, this was a match where uh, this team, Peterborough, Peter, Peterborough, yes, was winning two to one with 15 minutes going in the in the game before it's over, and it starts snowing like crazy. It's, it's coming down. They got they got photos. It it really is nuts how much it was snowing at this place. And so the refs, the officials, they, they, they kind of call a timeout. They look at it and they say, you know what? I think we got to call the game here. Like, I, I know one team is winning, but it's just too bad. Like, they're, they're not conditions you can play in. And rather than just kind of step back and say, you know what? It's fine. Let's just call it for the evening. The Peterborough players grabbed a bunch of snow shovels, went out onto the field, and started shoveling the field to make sure it was clear so they could play. And after uh, the combined efforts of everybody working together, it worked. It was clear enough. They played the game. They finished it out. They won. That's it. Game over. So, yeah. I love everything about this story. I love. I love the fact that they didn't care that they were the players getting paid the money. Mm-hmm. They wanted to finish the game, and they weren't going to let anything stop them from finishing that game. If that meant that as soccer players getting paid the money have to get out there with a, with a shovel and, sh- and shovel snow off, um, it's not beneath them. Because the game was more important, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, this just I fi- it fired me up and it gives me hope for humanity. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, too, because you say, okay, you know, that, that job's not beneath them. And don't we all get to a point in your career? I was just having a conversation like this with a woman, young woman who I've mentored. And she said, you know, when I am 27, I think I should be making this much money. And this woman was losing out on job after job after job. To one end, sure. You know, you want to you want to get what you're worth. But also, I'm like, girl, you have got to start somewhere. Yeah. You know, you've got to start somewhere. So it's interesting because she says, well, you know, I've got this education and I, you know, I have this knowledge and I have something to share. But, you know, look, you've got to start somewhere and you have to kind of do the job that perhaps you might not be you know, willing to do. There's nothing more endearing to me 
than people on a team that does not care what their job title is. Hey, look, I used endearing. I like another big word. I oh used it. Right. Like, I'm so proud of myself. Vocabulary I'm using big words on left fire. and right. Quite the I was episode. so happy of myself. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you said happy of myself <laughs> and ruined it all. Yeah. So nothing is more endearing to me than somebody than people on a team that don't care about their job title. It doesn't matter. Like whatever it takes to get the job done. I don't care if. Um, if if you are a, a executive vice president, but yet somebody needs to go down and put Mel in the deal to get Mel out, and they're willing to go down there and doing it. And I think as a leader, if you are a leader in any which way, shape, or form, nothing will gather, nothing will get your team more fired up to follow you than you doing whatever it takes, whether that's sweeping the floor, whether that is, you know, say um, somebody is a is a the app design uh, the coding person, right? And this person's a VP or whatever. That person's sick, and, and something's got to be done, and they go get their hands in in the fire to finish the code. Like that will win you so many points with your team. And you, how many of you have you you know been on a team where people are like, well, that's not my job title. Oh, and gosh. how the many worst. of you have mm. really loved that person? <laughs> <laughs> Right. Okay, I have something else to say about this with regard to do it, you know, finishing the game, right? So this team, the the shoveling team was already ahead, right? They were two to one. Okay, so they were already winning. I think there is something to be said for proving it to yourself. Yeah. That you were going to win. Yeah. Because, you know, in games, in business, everything, there there's a little bit of okay, well maybe that was a lucky shot. Maybe yeah, that yeah. was a lucky goal. I don't usually make that one. But I did, and now the snow thing happened, and now I won. And you're happy that you won, but you walk away kind of maybe like in the back of your head. You don't have the full confidence that you would have had if you completed the game. So something about that guy saying, I'm going to shovel because I want to finish the game. First of all, he's showing his love and passion for the game, which is something that we all want to have you, you know, in career and, and in life. But also, he's proving to himself and to his team, yes, we're really going to follow up and win, and then they have that, you know, internal confidence. Well, and, and here's the thing is, if you're going to, you, you uh, finishing the game is so important on whatever you do. And, and in my opinion, if you ever go into anything with a plan B, with a backup plan, with a, you know, if this doesn't work out, um, and I know there, there's people that will disagree with me on this because they say you yeah, always need backup plans, right? I'm kind of a backup plan yeah, person. Yeah, and I'm 100% no backup plan person. I mean, I am, you know, look, <laughs> hey, I was dating Jenny for six months. And I called her mom, and everybody had them all flown in, where and, and nobody knew to go propose to her. And I find out later, mom and them were like, well, I was worried. Like, I mean, they only six months. Jenny could have said no or something on that. Yeah. I had no backup plan. I flew the whole family in and everything. It was either going to be really good or it was going to be really bad. One of the two, but I was going for it. Yeah. But in business, I'm going to tell you. And I just you, wanted you to be able to save space. So yeah, I said, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, but you stuck with me now. <laughs> Didn't want you to look foolish. Yeah. But I'll tell you this, the funny thing is, is that if you don't, if you go into something half-hearted, if you go into it with, you know, I'm going to give it, a, I'm going to dip, I'm going to dip my toes in the water, okay? Mm-hmm. How many times have you wanted, a, has, has the swimming pool been cold? And if you ever dip your toe in and kind of get your leg in, it's 10 times worse than just cannonballing in and it gets over real fast. We all know that, but yet every time we're still worried about just jumping in the pool, right? Yeah. And I fully believe you've got to always want to finish the game. Mm-hmm. But it's always much better to want to finish the game when you have you and your teammates around you that don't care about your titles. You don't care about um, what somebody's job is. What y'all care about is a team collectively winning is what you want to do. No matter if I've got to sweep the floor, shovel the snow, we want to win and we want to win as a team. Because let me tell you something, winning teams, everybody on a winning team, no matter what your role was, 
everybody will want a part of you. You will be trying to get picked off and taken from you, I mean, and everything else there is because you are part of that winning team. You're seen as a winner, and people want a touch of it. So here's my question for you, and I think that a lot of people listening may not even know what you do for a living on a mm-hmm. you know day in day out sort of thing. In a practical day to day sense, what does that look like in your job? Well, like, what, what does my job look like being, day to day? No, being a part of the team. For oh, example, what, uh, are there things that you do that maybe you wouldn't have to do? Or uh, things, you know? For instance, today. Where, go, where, when are you shoveling the snow? You know, for instance, today going out, uh, I went out this morning to, to an appointment for a, a new rep that, you know, I've got five or 600 salespeople under me. Um, and there's many times that I'm out running an appointment. I'm out doing a career seminar. I'm out doing whatever it is in, in the field from this little bitty appointment to help a, a new person out, one of the 600, because the office was double booked where most people think, okay, I'm fighting, fighting, and they get to the chair, right? The big corner office I'm in, and then they sit there. And like I always say, I didn't get to this corner office by sitting in this chair. I got here by getting out and doing and nothing will build more faith in your team than when you're willing to step in and, and when, the, when their back's against the wall and help them out and pick them up, no matter what it takes, whether it's doing an interview for one new rep that we've got tons of interviews we're doing, whether it's going out to help one four-person uh, case that is a little bitty deal that they just need help in, right? I could, I could easily say that's beneath me. I've done – this is what I could do. I, this is what people do. Mm-hmm. They make themselves believe their excuse, which is – I've been there and done that. I've done my time. Yes. I've done all those things. Oh, yeah. I've knocked on the doors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I and, and I did. I 19 years old. I was door knocking, door to door, selling burial life policies and Medicare supplements for 100 percent commission. And I was broke most of the time, but it finally broke through. <laughs> and I did that for years. And I could easily now say, being where I'm at, I've been there and done that. I ain't doing that no more, right? But that is not what it is. You don't ever stop. Too many times people stop doing what they did to get there, and then they wonder why they plateau. Because you're not doing, like you've talked about in, in, in your business, right, that how you used to always just practice all your voice, uh, the voice yes. stuff and all those things, and that, and that what you realized one day was, you go, oh, my God, I've stopped doing that. And it's like, why do we stop doing the mm-hmm. things that we do to get somewhere and Instead of continue, like how much better you can be if right. you continue to do it. Now, here's the thing: is I'm not as good as some of my, as, as most of my managers at closing cases because I used to close, be out there trying sure, to close twenty of them a week. Often. You know, I'm in there doing filling in the pinch when it's got to be done. So they're better than me, um, but I'm still willing to go out there and get my hands dirty because it's nothing is beneath me. I don't believe that you that you work to where you don't have to do something again. You. You know, do I want to go out and cold call every day again? No, no. But I will when I have to to help my team. Yeah, it's funny that you bring up the voice thing because I had a thing. Probably it was probably about a year ago. Yep. And when I very first started out in news and in broadcasting, the common critique was your voice. Your voice—it's awful. And now you guys are probably going to analyze my voice right now, and I'm thinking, oh no. But it was like, you know, you sound too young. It's very immature. It's underdeveloped. Well, I went to print journalism school. I didn't even know anything about this, but I found this woman who in exchange for editing her website said she would teach me how to do these voice exercises and I did them every day for years. For whatever reason about a year ago I just I str- you know I got out of the habit and got comfortable and I heard it in a broadcast. Yeah, I could t- and I'm like it. I'm just not I'm sounding not good you know because my voice wasn't warmed up that it's time consuming to do that and it's uh you know, you have to kind of circle like back it. around you feel like to you made what, it. Yeah, you have to circle back around to what brought you success to begin with. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's so important that if you look around your team, if people are using the words, 
you know, that's not my title and people aren't willing to jump in on whatever it takes starts with you. That means you're not willing to do it. You're not setting that precedence. You know, I have Jerry and Marisol, my recruiter and instructor. If, if, if Jerry's out at a place and they're needing help with recruiting, even though that's not his thing, Jerry helps them with recruiting because he's a great team member mm-hmm. that is there to help the team out. If you look around the team and the team ain't willing to do it, that's because you're not setting the precedence. You're not, you're not getting off your butt to be willing to do whatever it takes and your team is following suit. So you really need to pay attention to it, and you really want to strive. Don't let yourself get caught in that trap that I'm, that's not me, that's beneath me, bull. You're going to gain your followership every way by being the one willing to do whatever it takes, no matter if it's sweeping the floor, no matter if it's packing boxes, get the job done. People will respect you more, and you also, it's always good to be, you know, wipe off the old rust on, uh, off of the, uh, the, yeah. the old Still things, you know set, what I mean? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah getting warmed up. Yeah, so um, I, I like this topic. I hope, I hope that people walk away from this and go, oh, my God, I think I'm that person, and they change because mm-hmm. the world needs more people willing to do whatever it takes versus what they say their quote-unquote job title is. So we'll be back in a minute for the third segment, and we're going to take some questions. Uh, so see you back in a minute. Now that's what I call ignorance on fire. More of Second Shot with Keith Oaks still to come. Hear ye, hear ye. Great news for all of you guys. Colonial Life is hiring some salespeople from all over the country. No matter where you are in the United States of America, if you're looking for a sales career, if you want to just learn more about what Colonial Life does, send an email to mbeltran at coloniallife.com. M-B-E-L-T-R-A-N at coloniallife.com. We'll get you set up with the right people you need to talk to and see if maybe if you're going to win that job. If you're in the Metroplex area, great. If you're in St. Louis, great. We're going to have office there for you. M-B-E-L-T-R-A-N at ColonialLife.com and change your career today. Kick off your boots or suit up. The choice is yours. Welcome back to Second Shot on RNCN. We're sitting here trying to get the episode kicked off. My wife's over here slurping on her straw, and then she just starts dancing, and and, and she hits her microphone like all the time oh, with gosh, her hand movements, yeah. and it's like in the episode's going ding, ding, ding. Oh. And you call me the hyper one. I have been critiqued that I talk with my hands too much. However, that's what I love about this platform is that it doesn't matter what you look like or what you do with your hands, but now we're on video, so it's like... Yeah. Well, now the video is as you slap this and they all hear it. Yeah. It, it and I does. just did it again. <laughs> it's, it's easy to get love carried it. away. I love it. This yeah. is great. Yeah, very so, fired up. So now on the third segment, <laughs> what we uh, secondshotcast at gmail.com. You can send any... You can email any questions, comments... Maybe headlines you want to take a second shot at or anything to secondshotcast at gmail.com. And we'll pick a couple every week. In this third segment, we answer or, or you know, bring up any questions or anything you have. So this week, since we've done an Instagram Live and a Facebook Live on the first two episodes, we don't have one live going on this one. Besides, <laughs> on YouTube, you can always watch all of the podcast episodes also. Um, but what we did is when we did the Facebook Live last segment, we asked people to, to have any questions. And so we picked a couple real quick, and we're going to kind of address some of the questions that people had and, and address them on this episode. Next time, we have some emails from some listeners that we'll bring up on the next episode. But this one, I think this will be fun. I love how people are getting really engaged in this. So Case Brindley wrote in and said, Heath, I'm in the process of writing a book, so I'm not sure where to start in order to find a local publisher. 
And then she says, Jenny, I miss you on Fox 4. <laughs> that's sweet. Yeah, that's sweet. So I worked at Fox 4 for about four years and just left. So that was sweet of her to say that. But he, this is interesting because I know it was quite a process. He wrote a book called Ignorance on Fire, Journey of Failing Your Way to Success. And it was uh, like... It's a long journey. I mean, crazy. Yeah. So what... How do you find a publisher? So I'll tell you this. Here's what the new world is, right? Mm. There, there's your full-blown regular publishers. There's hybrid publishers or custom publishers, and then there's self-publishing, okay? So it used to be 10, 15 years ago that self-publishing or something was didn't mean you really wrote a book, right? That, that's how they used to say. Um, nowadays, that's completely different because it's the way you get it is different. So back in the day, you bought books at a Barnes & Noble or at a bookstore, Walmart, whatever, correct? So you had to have a big publisher in order to get into those stores. Mm -hmm. So without it, you got nothing, okay? Unless you want to self-publish just to hand out to people you know. Nowadays, there's Amazon and everything else, um, and there are these hybrid publishers, custom publishers, and then there is self-publishing. Self-publishing is you completely pay for everything, 100% yourself, but they but somebody is going to put all the content, I mean, going to put the packaging together for you and whatnot, and you decide what you want to do with it. You own 100% of it, but you got to pay for everything. Right. So the benefit of that, as I understand it, is if you want to have a crazy title or if you want to have something in there that the pub a publisher doesn't agree with, or you just not, a, or you don't have a big following, so a big publisher won't okay. pick you up. I sure, mean, sure, sure. you got to have a massive following and a massive ability in order to um, to, to have a big, massive publisher pick you up because they're going to take on, they pay for everything, but you get a small piece of it. So a big regular publisher. You don't pay for anything. They give you a $30,000 book advance, and you make 50 cents of every book you sell, but they own all of the rights to your book. Second is the best way to go nowadays is a hybrid custom publisher, which um, most of the time you have to qualify. They have to be willing to take you on as well. However, what they do is they, they split the cost with you up front. So if it's going to cost $8,000 to get it to, to print and, and all that, you may have to cover four grand of it, but... Instead of getting 50 cents of your book, you're getting seven, eight dollars of your book. And they have book salesmen that put them in the Barnes and Noble, put it on Amazon. They handle all the stuff. They handle everything. All they you do warehouse is write it. it. They warehouse it. They do everything. They have the book salesmen, the whole nine yards. Okay. Um, and so if you can get into a hybrid custom publisher, in my opinion, is where you want to go. Um, unless you're, you know, if you're, if you're famous, you know, if you're Jenny Ann Chondo <laughs> and a big publisher gives you a, you know, a $200,000 book advance. Well, I mean, there's, that's different. Okay. But for the most of us, that's going to happen. Now you got to find a hybrid publisher that'll take your book that thinks it's good enough because they're taking some risk on that too. And they're hoping that the sales make up their difference. So I used Christian book services. Um, he's awesome and they're great. They are a custom publisher. They have to accept your writing. They have to make sure that it's something they want. Um, and so they have content editors, line editors. They do all of the work for you. They, they graphic design it, the whole nine yards. But they have to accept you. So Christian Book Services and his website, I'm sure, tells you uh, where you You're can go to. Christian. 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 Okay. Christian Book Services, Clovercroft Publishing. Um, and so go on there. And if you want, but look up hybrid publishers. There's tons of them. And you, my biggest thing was is I didn't want to give my rights away. I didn't want to give the rights away to the book, to the name. Because um, he wanted to call it Ignorance on Fire. Yeah. And now, people again, down with that. if I'd have got a quarter million dollar book advance or something, it would have been different. Sure. Okay. But that wasn't offered. It, it was much smaller. So it was worth it to take it on the back end, hmm. on the winning, right? So. Okay. Next question. Rapid hmm? fire here at the end because we have a ton of questions. Uh, Chloe Pratt wrote in and said, Jenny and Heath, what was your motivation to hustle and chase your dream. What was yours? 
I wanted to tell people stories. I always wanted to tell people stories. I was always, I guess, naturally curious and wanting to know more about people. So I wanted to go to journalism school and learn. I mean, I just I just knew nothing about it. And so it's funny that your book is called Ignorance on Fire because yeah. that's something Heath and I have so much in common. You know, we don't come from educated parents in the formal sense. I think we've formal come education. From very, yeah. you know, wise parents. But, you know, I didn't know how hard it was going to be, so I just figured let's just try this thing and see how it goes. But yes, I mean at the at the root of it because um I've worked in television for 15 years. If in my particular venue if you do it to be on tv you're going to burn out so fast because the tv part of it is very small and it's not that's not really the fun part the fun part is getting to tell people stories getting to learn about people i mean and really selfishly every time you interview an inspiring person you get personally inspired you get inspired back you know you when you give you get in return yes it's amazing it's 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 fantastic so that was always my motivation and so the tv part of it is residual that's the medium that's the mode of transportation so to speak that we get the information that's a out good there. way to describe it yeah so. i like that mode of transportation yeah no, i like it. um so that was always my inspiration the other thing too was um we did not have a lot growing up and we were very well cared for and i loved that uh, my mom was home in the afternoons, and yeah. I wanted to find a, a job where I could not only earn a living, but also be around for the family that I hoped to have yeah. one day. And so that was my, you know, motivation was I got, you know, I've got to figure out how to take care of myself, how to take care of a family, how to, um, ha- how to do well enough in my chosen craft that I will have some flexibility someday. You know, mine, mine is interesting because mine changed, um, and and I think it everybody's, you know, can tweak and change at times initially mine was just money as an 18 19 year old kid mine was purely a money motivation that um i wanted more i wanted like i had dreams of bigger things that but that was really purely it i think god knew that internally that i could handle that and that that i would change that greed of money motivation and that's why he i I feel like it was you know put in my line because it quickly changed from that that whenever that started happening my passion came to help other young dumb redneck kids with no formal education that had hunger and would do right by people a chance to change their career and their career path like my inspiration turned from me making money to how many can i show people that what i've got now and do it the right way because so many do it the wrong way and so many take advantage of people and 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 i was somebody who got taken advantage of that i wanted to make sure that if anybody had to come and talk contact with me or my organization that wasn't going to happen to them that happened to me and my passion turned to creating leaders and creating people's lifestyles no matter what that may be but their mode of success and in being in an environment that they can go i'm proud of this environment and You're that's like, that's where my that's where my why changed you started out as the i want a goose that lays golden eggs yes. for easter yes right yeah it's and it, it, it wasn't day. yeah it wasn't that you wanted the golden eggs it wasn't it was i mean it was the money was. but like he's, he's it was it, it was something bigger it was the opportunity I, and I, at some point you yes. realized that's what you wanted and yes. you wanted to give that to other people yes that's what you were yeah. working but it for. initially was yeah. In my mind, I thought, oh yeah, was purely money. And I think that's honest. I mean, the, I, you know, I think that's honest. Yeah, you, you, it was something you didn't have. You wanted to have it. Yep. You were greedy, McGreederson. Yep. And now 
thankfully. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, no, exactly. it's, a, it's, a, it's an adult thing. Yes. You're in school yeah. and you're like, well, this is all fun and games. Grades is cool, but like money is the thing. That yeah. is that is the, the currency in which our lives move. Sure. Yeah, I get it. All right, what else? Um, okay, so Jenny, why did you marry an insurance salesman from East Texas? <laughs> I love this. This is great. <laughs> uh, first of all, he was living in Dallas when I met him. Um, no, uh, the, the best thing about Heath well, there are, I mean, gosh, we only have, we're actually already out of time. But um, something that Heath had that a lot of lovely people did not have for me was that when I'm with him and, and having him in my life, this is so cheesy, but I mean, I am better. I'm more oh, thank you, honest. I'm more patient. You're welcome. I uh, am more direct in my career. I, I mean, and I'd never experienced that. I am not anybody special, that's for sure. But I definitely had experienced other people saying, you make me feel like I'm, I'm going to be a better person. And I was like, yeah, well, you kind of dragged me down. <laughs> yeah, you exactly. Know? But you really, I mean. When uh, you find that person that does that, I mean, because you do yeah. it for me as well. And we just have so much fun just doing nothing. Like if, if we lost everything tomorrow and we were just chilling. We'd I, have a we blast. We would have so much fun and you know, love each other. So that's, I mean. There are a million reasons, but that's why I married an insurance salesman. <laughs> thank you, hon. Um, so yeah. he's asking, what's your next adventure, Jenny? I'm not sure. I, you know, some people know that I uh, worked at a local TV station here for several years, loved it, and um, I decided to move on. So who knows? So I don't know. Stay tuned. We'll, well see. And w there's another cool question we had on there that we may bring up on the next episode if we have yeah. enough time. Um, but, you know, thanks for coming on. You're going to be on the next episode as well, so that'll be nice. And, uh, you know, Zach and Matt, thank you all for, for, you know, helping us uh, wade through this tricky episode well, here. And Thank you. And I yeah. hope this was good. And, and if you like it, share it. You know, leave us a review, as always. And where can they find you at, Jenny? So on Instagram, at Jenny and Chondo. Search Jenny and Chondo on Facebook. On Twitter, I, I need to change my Twitter handle right now. Yeah. It's Jenny A. Fox 4. Um, we'll see if I can get my old Jenny and Chondo back. But either way, uh, hit me up. And at Heath Oaks, we're at Ignorance on Fire as always. Zach, where can I get you on Twitter at? Uh, you can find me at Apple Zackintosh. Yes, that's me. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Thank you. So, guys, we love you as always. Thank you for, for being here. Thank you for supporting us. We love you, and have a good one. Destination for premium talk radio.